I've got some good news for you. Everything the elders told us was a lie. Fairies won't explode when they're away from the great tree. We won't lose our wings, and we won't shrivel up like flowers from the sun. Our eyes won't fall out, and our tongues won't become too big for our heads. Now, don't let the air of whimsy fool you. This is not a fairy tale. In today's episode, we'll be exploring the visual novel Fairly Dangerous, following along with five fairies as they try to survive in the human world. Nothing could possibly go wrong, right? Welcome to Indie Rump Podcast. We all know the situation. Humans enter nature, humans try to fit into nature, humans do a really bad job. It's a classic story that we find in movies like Ferngully and Avatar, but rarely do we see it from the opposite point of view. Yes, we have stories like The Borrowers and then subsequently Arietti, but in these stories, we're presented with the best possible scenario, and all characters get the happy ending. Not so in Fairly Dangerous. Fairly Dangerous presents us with the side of this story as it would occur the most realistically. Well, as realistic as fairies can be, I guess. This is all presented to us in the form of a visual novel, which, for those of you who don't know, is an interactive fiction game where the choices you make affect what happens and how the game ends. Visual novels are primarily played on PC, though I have seen some adaptations for other consoles, and they feature static graphics that help enhance the story. While considered a game, it features minimal gameplay, with most of the work consisting of clicking through the text. It's sort of like reading a book, but there's pictures, and you get to make all the calls. So it keeps your attention, but at the end of the day, you can still call yourself a literate adult. I actually got into visual novels through the project lead and writer working on Fairly Dangerous. Online, she goes by Kaleidafish. And you'll find that a lot of visual novel developers go by pseudonyms, but I happen to know this one in real life. Kaleidafish, or Kfish for short, introduced me to some of her early game dev work around my second year of college, and I was fascinated. Not only was I experiencing a new type of game, but I was also exposed to the creation side of things, something I've never experienced before. Long story short, it was pretty eye-opening. So, how was a visual novel born? I was lucky to be able to grab a Skype call with three members of the team behind Fairly Dangerous. Um, yeah, we first met for NanoReno uh, 2014. That's the previously mentioned Kaleidafish. NanoReno is a month-long game jam usually taking place in March every year. Game developers are challenged to make a complete visual novel in this time, which can be pretty involved and very stressful if you don't have the right team. I kind of did a recruitment yeah, post, and that's how I, yeah, that's how I, I met most of these, like, wonderful people that I work with now for NanoReno projects and such. So, yeah, this would be our, our second released 
one, although there was one between the Mishka effect and Fairly Dangerous that's still um, still a work in progress. Right before NaNoWriMo started, NaNoWriMo is like a month-long visual novel-making jam. You don't have in March. Visual- March. Yeah, in March. Because <laughs> March uh, ends April 1st. So I think it might have been like, it might have been like, a couple days before Nano Arena was going to start. So already I was recruiting rather late in the game. Um, I had uh, I, actually it when I got recruited, it was like three days into Nano Arena. Oh, so so yeah, that that worked out. The other voice you hear there is Kane, idea bouncer and one of the editors for the project. Like they mentioned, primary recruiting for Fairly Dangerous was handled by a game form thread. Many visual novel developers, especially around jam time, turn to websites like Lemasoft in order to recruit the people they need. After a team is formed, work primarily happens online, as members of a team can be countries apart. A global workplace. Yeah, so it was rather, it was, yeah, very uh, late in the game. I mean, a lot of people, I think, recruit much earlier than that, but I had an outline and and some ideas and I just you know introduced myself hey I'm Kaleidofish I mean what also helped is that um in 2012 I actually did NaNoWriMo completely solo like all by myself which is um it's an interesting project but not something someone should do if they're not an artist or a musician on mean? top of that is pain. <laughs> it's a pain do it all yeah. by yourself. <laughs> yes, but then I I um I did that I guess as a challenge to figure out like could I do this by myself, you know? But I think doing something like that in the past added like some credibility. So when I did make a recruitment thread um a couple years later that people could go, Oh, she um made a visual novel in the past by herself. She was that crazy. I guess I could work with this person. I mean, I had also completed some other visual novel in 2012 as well, so I don't know. Um, um, I guess he could say um, what it was like to read that that first post and why he even decided to join up with that. But. Oh no, I I decided to go with your thing because your interest your idea was interesting as hell. So I just I just went and rolled with. it as kind of like Fern Gully meets Joe's apartment. That's how I pitch it if I have to borrow from movies um, where the fairies have to survive in in a a nasty little apartment. That might be putting it lightly. Add a little bit of Final Destination-esque death, and then you might have the right equation. The game starts off with our five protagonists, appropriately named Mentha, Pistachia, Berry, Lavender, and Saffron, all trapped in a book bag. It's dark, and they're scared. Two minutes in, somebody already barely misses getting impaled. Yeah, and that it's a a dark comedy. I mean, I've, I've gotten a lot of 
Well, there's people that say it's funny, and then other people that say that this was really, like, terrifying. I I don't know about the horror elements being that strong, but there are definitely people out there that just go, like, this was terrible. How could you do this? How could you have written and created something like this? <laughs> not in a bad way. Not in a terrible way, but more like, you know, like, this was really dark and depraved and... <laughs> But I guess this didn't turn out how we thought it would. (laughs) We come to learn that these fairies succeeded in escaping the fairy community that entrapped them for so long. Mentha, the main character and point of view of the player, is a know-it-all who craved the adventure and mystery of the outside world leading her to devise a plan to get her and her friends out via a hiker's backpack. Throughout the game, you have to navigate yourself around the foreign landscape, making choices that can better or worsen the possibility of you getting out, often also corresponding with whether or not someone lives or dies. The writing style is very detailed and very clever. We're given snippets of foreshadowing that we don't realize until it's too late. Kaleidofish does an excellent job describing everyday items and smells from the point of view of something that doesn't really understand what that item actually is. Vividly, too. It adds a level of comedy because it seems like she almost went out of her way to place some of the most foul objects into the setting. A fabric with odd brown streaks, a stain in the bathroom that looks like milk, but trust me it's not. However, Kaleidofish is able to keep the innocence of these characters despite the setting, and this almost makes it worse when some of these characters meet their horrible death. The writing style also really matches well with the art. Uh, I think the sort of, uh, like, aesthetic we were going for was, like, deceptively cute with the fairies. That's Tilly, the artist for Fairly Dangerous. Um, I don't know if we're wanting too many spoilers or anything, but it's fairly dangerous, so the the characters are all supposed to be all cutesy and adorable, and they got their little pretty wings and everything, Um, and sort of with a, I think, personally, when I play, I think there's sort of like a um, ominous undertone a little bit, especially because these cute little fairies are juxtaposed with like the, this awful kind of ugly bachelor pad. When you first open up the game, before you even press start, You're met with this brightly lit pink menu page, and it makes you push the fact that the game is called Fairly Dangerous to the back of your mind. The fairies are all very cute, wearing bright dresses with sparkly wings, and if you had no background on the story and were just looking at a screenshot or something, you wouldn't think this game is as violent as it can be. And I think that was sort of, at least that was what I kind of got communicated when everybody was sort of talking within the group chat and um, I would post like roughs of the character sketches and people would sort of um, give input on that and we'd build it towards what everybody was sort of thinking about. This game is a constant battle between what you want to believe and what actually happens. And sometimes it's difficult to swallow that the creatures of your childhood are meeting their demise in some of the most gruesome ways possible. But that's what kind of makes it fun. There's a dark desire that rises, and you want to see how many different ways these fairies can die. Because trust me, there's a few. In multiple ending games, it often turns out that the goal isn't to get the best ending, but rather to get all the endings. 
There's a certain pride in having every fairy make it out alive, sure, but nothing like the pride I feel when I can also kill them off in the next round. I think that's the appeal of visual novels. Knowing that you can get all these different endings, it's sort of like you get to relive the story over and over again and still be surprised at what happens. Kaleidafish Kane and Tilly are all really surprised and humbled by how much love Fairly Dangerous has gotten. One thing I'm really surprised about is how well uh, Fairly Dangerous was received. Because uh, if I, <laughs> as I remember correctly, if I remember correctly, Mishka Effect didn't really make a splash. So I wasn't expecting much out of Fairly Dangerous, but now we have an HTML version and we have like, this yeah. thing is podcasting and there's like fan art and stuff so you know i'm surprised yeah, that we actually made that. something that people liked a lot do you know we have a tv piece. tropes page too isn't that crazy yeah we have a tv tropes page yeah let's see i know it's so cool yeah, just, I, I was, because I'd never done a visual novel or ever, I don't even think I'd really played sort of um, any of the, like, nano games or anything like that, and this was sort of my first uh, introduction, I guess, sort of to the community and everything, um, and so I had no idea what to expect. I was sort of just expecting, like, we're all going to do this thing and it'll be fun and, like, maybe, like, some of our friends will play it or something, And but, like, just... Like, mostly doing it for the sense of satisfaction that we managed to somehow make a game in 30 days or whatever. Um, but I was so shocked and overwhelmed by, like, the response, like, the fan art, like somebody said. that It was just so cool. It's great. Fan art. Let's play. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's great. Um, I think, yeah. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I was about to say something, but I, I think what helped build more awareness for this game maybe was um posting it to so many places this time like whenever mm -hmm. i i put up a game now now there's like itch.io game jolt you can um put on the place the google play store and, and things like that and i think that really helped us reach out to people but there is something about the i don't want to toot our own horns too much here but like <laughs> having a game of a certain like quality that people can like really like jump into and they think that it's funny or they think it's great or something also helps because you really with this game we touched certain fans enough to make them want to even make a tv tropes page to make them want to do fan art mm -hmm. so and that's great and for fans of fairly dangerous you're in luck this team isn't breaking up yet I was shocked at how, like, I mean, not like I wasn't expecting it to be good or anything, but I was shocked at how just, like, well we all worked together. So there wasn't really many, like, big bumps or, like, big things we had to overcome except for, I guess, just the deadlines um, themselves. But, like, we all sort of had our input and nobody really, I think, got fr super frustrated about anything or I think we all just worked really, really well together. I was really happy happily surprised about it oh it, it was um it was definitely fantastic um honestly 
finding people like like these people that I worked with. I know that sounds weird, but they're like more than their weight in gold. When you find people that you can like gel so well with and work so well with and be able to trust them like this, you yeah. you have to hold on to them forever. Like this well, just forever is a strong so word. <laughs> Sorry, you guys are stuck. <clears throat> but no, really, like this is so rare, and this is the thing that. A lot of teams like explode because they can't work well together or 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 nothing happens. But the fact that like we can come together and actually like complete a visual novel and a visual novel that that turns out pretty well is like I feel like this is rare. So I look forward to working with everybody else again. So yeah. Look forward to us working together again. Background music for this week's episode comes from the game. If you want to play Fairly Dangerous, you can download it at bit.ly forward slash Fairly Dangerous. A huge thank you to Kaleidafish, Kane, and Tilly for taking the time to talk with me. All of their websites will be linked in the description, and you should definitely check them out. They'll be making more cool stuff in the future, and it would be a huge bummer if you missed out. As for me, I'll be back in two weeks with another game. Music for Indie Romp is created by the super talented Breakmaster Cylinder. Indie Romp Podcast is produced, hosted, and edited by me, Maddie, and you can find me on Twitter at ArbitIndex. I'm always looking for ideas for games to play, so feel free to shoot me some suggestions. And until next time, happy playing.